Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, gang? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily for another week, a big Monday night game at the uh, Canada Life Centre as the Jets continue to try to push to lock down that eighth playoff spot. Big win on Saturday night against the Nashville Predators. We'll get to all of that and uh, hear from the head coach of the Winnipeg Jets coming up a little bit later on as we uh, get ready for this game tonight. Um, Lots to talk about coming out of the weekend. Wild weekend. Masters, John Rahm got the win. We'll hit that quickly. The Jets' performance on Saturday night. Connor Hellebuck with the shutout against the Nashville Predators. And a look to what remains on the schedule for both Winnipeg, the Nashville Predators, and the Calgary Flames. The three teams still alive for the eighth and final playoff spot. Of course, we do have this game tonight. And for those of you that are going, big night at the rink. It is fan appreciation night. They'll be doing the jerseys off the backs for fans in attendance and a bunch of great giveaways. It's a 6 o'clock game tonight. I did not realize that until late last night. So um, just a heads up if you're going to the game. Uh, this isn't a 7 o'clock start, not even a 6.30 start. 6 p.m. tonight. Uh, with it, I believe, being a national game. And then moving from Winnipeg-San Jose over to Calgary for an 8.30 Winnipeg time start between the Predators and the Flames. And a game that if Winnipeg beats San Jose will become an elimination game for whoever does not get the two points tonight. So we certainly do have a lot to get to today. Dave Poulin's going to join us. We'll get Dave's thoughts on the Jets' win on the weekend as well as some of the storylines around the National Hockey League. And we'll focus back in onto the Jets situation with Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press a little bit later on today on the program. Just before we get Remo in here and get going, got to thank the sponsors that make the show happen each and every day. Our partners over at Coolbet Canada, Princess Auto. Looking forward to being out in Toronto later on this week and doing shows in and around the Princess Auto Players Championship. And, of course, following the Jets on the road into Minnesota and Colorado as they look to finish up that uh, the uh, the uh, the run to an eighth spot and booking some playoff games and whiteouts here in Winnipeg. Also, big thanks to Modern Man Barbershops, Aquatech, Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, F Apparel, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, Aikens Lake, and, of course, our friends over at Breezy Bend. And um, great way to start things off by uh, thanking our friends at Breezy Bend and TaylorMade for the contest and congratulating BA Split and Dr. Drades, who had the exact same team <laughs> consisting of John Rom, Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, Cam Young, Scotty Scheffler, and Colin Morikawa. So congratulations to both. Now, we're going to have to either spin a wheel or split the prize between the two, uh, but we will figure that out. We'll be in contact with both of you guys. Dr. Drades, we've got BA's contact. If you want to just fire us an email uh, at uh, gmail.com and uh, we'll talk to you guys and get it all settled up. But let's get Remus in here. Remo, how was your weekend? Fantastic weekend. Nice to have that extra day um, of anticipation ahead of that Saturday Jets game you know Thursday we did the show 
And we left it up to the Jets, and they came and delivered. But also, it was Masters weekend. And I loved the delays and all that because I was waking up early and like, oh, what am I going to do? 7 a.m., 7.30 a.m.? Oh, they're teeing off at Augusta. And TSN has all these bonus feeds on their app, which uh, I have to give them props for because that was awesome, too. I had it on multiple TVs at a time. So um, great weekend following the Masters. I thought the ending would have had a bit more suspense considering how close it was for the entire weekend until Rom pulled away. And the Jets making it a very good weekend. Uh, getting two points, not only getting two points against Nashville, but absolutely dominating them. It wasn't close. You know, the only negatives that I took were well, they didn't score in the power play, and they only scored two. Um, but, hey, you, you just take the two points this time of year, anytime you can get it. And Oh, yeah, Saturday, Huss, we watched that Calgary-Vancouver game, and at the same time uh, it was UFC and Izzy Adesanya uh, just oh, with maybe the knock- knockout? knockout of the year, I think, um, maybe of the last couple because that was, that was some punch and some knockout. Yeah, that uh, I didn't catch much of it, but uh, I was interested to see what happened in that Adesanya Pereira fight, considering Pereira had beaten Izzy twice as a kickboxer and once as an MMA fighter and cost him his belt a little earlier on. But uh, a lot of star power when it came to the sports. We'll get back to the Jets in a minute. Masters overall was uh, was really fun. And you know what? Listen, I don't often, considering the way our tenure ended with the three-letter um don't always um you know hit them with all sorts of praise but i will say this we as canadian golf fans are so damn lucky i don't know how they were able to negotiate to play the other feeds that they have on the internet on television here in canada but we're one of only a couple countries that have those rights from augusta national and um if you're watching the masters on television you're better to be in Canada than literally anywhere else. And, of course, Duthie and uh, Bob, Graham, Dillette. I mean, the, the entire crew there did a heck of a job bringing us all the action. As far as John Rahm, I mean, what an absolute stud he is. Um, he did not have the benefit of the late, early tea times. He was the other way around. Um, he got through everything thrown at him, managed to you know get the comeback on Brooks Kepka maintain a uh, win for the PGA Tour as opposed to what that would have looked like with the Live Tour. But I will say this, give credit where credit is due. Brooks looked awesome for most of the week. Uh, obviously, it didn't end. He didn't have a great Sunday round. But Patrick Reed and Phil Mickelson being up there in the top five, Phil particularly tying for second, is just absolutely phenomenal. I don't think anyone had that. So a very big moment for the high flyers. Uh, a big moment for Liv Golf. Is that a fly, High Flyers cap yeah. he was wearing? Of course. He's lost all his sponsorships. I don't think he really has any more. So, yeah. he uh, every, All the Liv guys pretty much were wearing their Liv stuff, the exception of Brooks, who uh, I guess still has a Nike deal or something. Yeah. But uh, he was not. I'm trying to think, even remember what team Brooks is on in uh, in Liv. It escapes me right now. I don't think he's on the Crushers. That's Bryson's team. He's definitely not on the range goats. That's Bubba. Um, but anyways, it was awesome. <clears throat> we had a great, great weekend of uh, of, uh, of watching the, the Masters. And yeah, it was a bit of a buzzkill on Friday afternoon and Saturday afternoon when the main broadcast got started and then things just happened. Although, man, maybe the craziest thing of the entire tournament was those trees going down on Friday afternoon. I thought you were going to say uh, the race for you know them to artificially lower the cut so Tiger could make it, but no, it was <laughs> it was the tree falling. Yeah, that was crazy. You had to watch that replay. 
thankfully no one was hurt. It could have been could have been a lot worse. So, but yeah, I was also enjoying the race for the cut. You know, dropped down a stroke just so Tiger could squeak in. He did have to withdraw the injury, but I mean, watching him. I mean, watching the. I know we got to get to the Jets here, but watching the Masters and seeing Tiger in there, Mike Weir celebrating twenty years. Um, Freddie Couples making the cut at 66, like still teeing it up. And um, Sandy Lyle also golfing. Like if you win that tournament, you're you're there like every year. Set and, for life. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So I think that that is super, super cool to see those guys uh, still still playing. Yeah, so uh, John Rom can get setting up what he's going to serve at the uh, for the Champions Dinner next year. Um, and uh, the rest of the PGA Tour will move on, I believe, to Harbortown this week. We'll kind of hit that coming up on the uh, on the lock shop. But, yeah, Reem, let's get to uh, Saturday night's game. This was a game I kind of – and I'm so happy that the Masters was on because, you know, coming out of the Calgary loss on Wednesday, you know, we talked about it on on Thursday, and then we're able to sort of – you know, there was no NHL hockey on Good Friday – Got a chance to watch what golf there was. Checked out the Canadian women's national team with a nice win in the Women's World Hockey Championships. And sort of just focused away from the Winnipeg Jets. But I got up on Saturday, was fired up for the game, and just trying to go into that game with some real positive vibes. Because um, I think, you know, because of the way the team lost to Calgary, there was some semblance of doom and gloom around a good portion of the fan base. And I'll say this, the first period, the Winnipeg Jets had still had some of the, um, they still played a little tentative at times, similar to what we saw at times against the Calgary Flames. But the second period performance by Winnipeg coming out, and I can't remember a period that was just dominated thoroughly from start to finish um, as, the, as the Jets did that period. And listen, we knew this was going to be an incredible goaltending matchup between Connor Hellebuck and UC Soros, and both of those goaltenders did everything they could to help their team win the game. Connor Hellebuck at times, especially in the third period, just simply refused to allow Nashville to get back into it. But UC Soros was an incredible star of the night because he had a lot to deal with from a Winnipeg perspective and did just about everything he could do, but it wasn't enough. And uh, the Jets got full marks for their performance. You have to think that that will be a confidence-building win for them. And now they come in to take on the San Jose Sharks tonight in a game that uh, it's not, it can't lose. It is must-win. They have to get two points tonight um, to, as I mentioned, create what will be a win-and-stay-alive scenario tonight at the Saddle Dome between the Flames and the Predators. Yeah, the Jets are basically every game is a playoff game. They got to win all of them. They have to get three points to guarantee themselves. That's without any outside help. Now, I know if the other teams all lose and the Jets win, then you can get you know two. But um, just play your own ball. They need to get three points, and we'll keep be keeping an eye on that Nashville Calgary game tonight. And I mean, they came out and they looked like a determined team, a desperate team. We said they didn't look like that against Calgary, but they certainly did. You know, chance after chance. Sorrow stood on his head, and finally Mark Shafley breaking through uh, when they needed him. You know, reminding you of Mark Shafley's performance against Nashville in the 2018 Stanley Cup playoffs, but walks right down the middle after great passing from Nemestikov and Morrissey in the corner. Uh, you know, by the blue line, and uh, wired a wrist shot. You know, didn't get all of it, but not enough, and you know, went off the post off Soros and in pretty crazy sequence there. That was that could be like a iconic goal there if the Jets get in and. Really propelled them, and Ehler setting a Pionk 
for the you know for the insurance marker and the third Hellbuck absolutely solid stopping 28 of 28 his fourth shutout of the season and the Jets came out and took care of business they did what they needed to do and you hope they're going to look like that uh, look like that tonight but I'm in great atmosphere at the arena like people want to see playoff hockey they want to get into this and the Jets certainly delivered and they're going to look to continue it tonight against the guy who they haven't really been able to beat oh. in James Reimer but just finishing up on on Saturday, I mean, it was everything that you uh, that you wanted from them. Uh, they certainly delivered. So, uh, you know, great performance all around, and you hope that they can bring it again here tonight. Yeah, forty for Shifley on the season, and funny enough, it's a career high in goals for, but he won't be a point a game player this year, um, just because the assists really haven't been there. Um, but listen, he and that line played well. The entire team played well. I mean, they were able to roll the four lines. It was wave after wave after wave of pressure. A real solid forecheck. A great speed to the game and a speed to the game that I think would bode very well if they can bring that against the San Jose Sharks tonight. Who actually do have a uh, young Manitoban making his NHL debut tonight to stick tap to Tristan Robbins of Clear Lake, Manitoba who is in the lineup tonight, and I'm sure that'll be good for a few more butts in the seats with a lot of people coming from Westman out to see the former Saskatoon Blade make his NHL debut. Um, But back to the game on on Saturday night for a minute. You know, maybe what we'll do, Rima, is just grab it and listen to a couple of these clips from uh, from Saturday because I don't want to just kind of gloss over it. Um, you know, the play of Mark Shifley, Connor Hellebuck was obviously great in, you know, getting his the, the shutout when his team needed it. But whoever picked the stars, I think, did a heck of a job because obviously Saros and Hellebuck were going to be there with a goaltending duel like that. But man, was Nikolai Ehlers flying. And while he didn't score, he hit a couple of posts or crossbars, but was attracting so much attention and he was flying around opened up the space for Neil Pionk to get that one, move in, lean into it, and give the Jets that elusive second goal that they didn't get against Calgary. But once they had it against Nashville, there was no turning back on Saturday. It's funny. um, You mentioned Hellbuck was a star. I was watching the Kenny and Rennie Pulse game, and Sean Reynolds kept mentioning how Hellbuck shouldn't have been a star because like he didn't earn the shutout because the Jets played so well they made it easy like I had to I actually had to turn off listen Kenny Kenny and and Rennie Ken and Ren are like a married couple that have things that they just argue about for the sake of arguing and this is Kenny this is Ren once again sticking his flag into the ground for his Josh Morrissey his MVP take from earlier this season and inevitably when you talk about a Hellebuck or Morrissey They end up going back there, and uh, I'm with you. That was a bad take. Hellebuck absolutely deserved to be one of the stars in the game, and uh, but it was a lot of fun. And they they did have a uh, they did have a rousing show, and I imagine they'll have another one tonight, a little earlier than normal with the six o'clock start. Um, And we'll see. Of course, the goaltender that I think everyone's going to be talking about is James Reimer, as you mentioned, and um, I wasn't sure he'd be going tonight, Remo. I mean, this it's it's Easter Monday. This is a big, big day on the uh, on, on the religious calendar. Um, but I, I guess he's going to go out and uh, take take the ice. Of course, this is a little bit of a slag at uh, or a joke at you know the reasons why he uh, he gave for uh, 
not wanting to participate in the uh, in the warm-up jersey for uh, the Pride game when the Sharks did it. Um, but listen, it's Easter Monday, and uh, the team that's going to be rising, hopefully, is going to be the Winnipeg Jets tonight, up to 93 points and one point away from clinching a playoff spot in the Western Conference and uh, it, with that eight spot, and then likely to play the Vegas Golden Knights, but there's still lots to be determined. We'll kind of get to more of the playoff scenarios when Mike joins us a little later on. Um, but remember, before we get to Bones from today, uh, let's get to, to Saturday. I just want to get that clip number eight of Bones on that dominant second period, which was entirely, entirely dominated by the Winnipeg Jets from start to finish. He'd be, yeah, probably was. You know, it really had started in the first. And uh, we had a great second half to that first period, and it carried over into the second period. But clearly that game could have been 4 or 5 nothing after two periods. The goal post from his empty nets. Um, but, yeah, that was a dominant, dominant second period. The black screen. All right, so there's Rick Bonus on, uh, you know, the dominant second period of his club. And uh, here's a little bit more. We'll do the next one, Remo. The, the, the mentality in a tight game. Um, they certainly were in a very tight one with Calgary. Unfortunately, weren't able to get the second goal to give them that cushion. And Calgary ended up coming back into the game and eventually winning it. Bones spoke after Saturday night on uh, their mentality throughout a game that despite the way they played was still very much uh, a tight one um, right up to the final bu buzzer. We just kept saying, stay in the fight. The, the players know when you're when they're on the game and we're what we look like and uh, how we were dominant. So we didn't have to we, we didn't have, didn't have to go to make any real adjustments. Just keep doing what you're doing. And that's what we just kept preaching, even on the bench. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't get frustrated. Stay in the fight. Stay shift to shift. Stay in the moment. And we did that very good job of that tonight. All right. So there's a bone. Stay in the fight. That's been a uh, that harkens back to some of the Maurice days, but um, they did stay in it and um, they got the two points. A, a guy that, you know, as I mentioned, was the first star, was absolutely everywhere on Saturday night was Nikolai Ehlers. And Rick Bonus talked a little bit about 27's performance and uh, being the first star on Saturday. That was one of his best games by far. He was skating great. And against a team like that, that you know that one-one-three in the neutral zone. They're standing up. You gotta, you gotta get the D turning, and you gotta get them into foot races. So when you get them into foot races, you want to make sure you have the speed to get there. And Nick gives us that speed. So no, that was one of his better games for sure. All right. So uh, bones on Nikolai Ehlers, and uh, gotta get one more clip on uh, Connor Hellebuck, his goaltender, who uh, came through with a goose egg when his team needed it the most. Yeah, that's a tough for a goaltender. Not getting any shots. We were in their zone the whole second period. They had one chance on, off the rush in the second period. But um, yeah, so give him a lot of credit for his mental skills to stay focused and dialed in because you knew they were going to make a, a push in the third after we got the goal and he made some timely saves. So that, that is tough for a goalie. You're not getting any work. We're in their zone, I think, six minutes. And so, you know, so anyways, give him a lot of credit for that. All right, so there's Rick Bonus on uh, the game on Saturday. We'll get to Bones coming up today in just a minute. Uh, but before we do that, I have to give a big thanks to the folks over at Modern Man Barbershops for jumping on board with Winnipeg Sports Talk. Modern Man now has eight locations in Winnipeg, including two new locations, either Pembina Highway, right by Bishop, close to the university, 
or Plessy Road out on the east side of town. Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Give them a follow on Insta at Modern Man Barbershops, and you can book your look at online at modernmanbarber.com. Uh, and, of course, with eight locations in Winnipeg, they keep growing. If you are a barber looking for work, they're currently seeking uh, some more employees. Send your resume to info at aurahairgroup.com. How does jumping in the pool all summer in your backyard sound? Pretty damn good, I think it, you'd imagine. Uh, why don't you make 2023 the year you take the plunge? Visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. Their team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. Uh, nothing's going to make that summer, the brief summer that we have, better for you, the family, entertaining and more than a beautiful Aquatech pool. And hey, if you're thinking about a project like that, consider Aquatech for whole home renovations starting with Aquatech. With thousands of rentals as their foundation, let them upgrade any space in their home. Aquatech is ready to make your reno dreams a reality. Learn more about design, pricing, and financing options today at aqua-tech.ca. Um, very, very soon, we're going to move from this winter theme for Manitoba Battery to uh, having a little bit of fun, getting out there, whether it's boats, golf carts, and more. Whatever you need a battery for, if it's your car, your truck, or that summer toy you've been working on this winter, Manitoba Battery is the most convenient and well-priced option in the city, and they'll bring it to you. Order a battery at lunchtime or by the start of Winnipeg Sports Talk, and they'll have it sitting on your doorstep in two to four hours for less money than you'd spend anywhere in Winnipeg on the same battery. No more fighting for a parking spot at Costco or waiting in line at Canadian Tire. Shop local and let Manitoba Battery bring the battery to you at the best prices in town. Give Donnie and his staff a call at 783-8787. You can order online at manitobabattery.com or shout out and give them a visit in person at Manitoba Battery at 1026 Logan Avenue. And just before we hear a little more from Rick Bones from this, Rick Bonus from this morning, um, big shout out to our friends at Canadian Club. Maybe even had a couple CCs on the weekend, as it is, of course, the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk. Canadian Club and Gingers now available in 473 milliliter cans at MLCC and beer vendors. And we're counting down the days until we can enjoy a few CC and Gingers at IG Field watching the blue and gold. Pick up Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, Canadian Club, at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts today. Uh, all right, let's get to tonight's game. The Jets have to have this one. They sit at 91 points. They need to get to 94 to clinch their playoff spot. And Rick Bonus talked about the uh, lessons learned from the first two losses in San Jose and uh, how that might help his team tonight when they absolutely need it most. Well, I'll tell you, I'll take that. The first game we played with them, I'll take that game all day. They, they had four scoring chances. We had over 20. So we play like that again. I really like our chances. So uh, we've had a tough time beating Mr. Reimer. That's the, the team. We've, we're happy with the team game against them, especially that game here. And we lost the, what they scored with 10 seconds ago when they got in overtime. But they had four scoring chances, five on five during that whole 60 minutes. So we'll take that game again. But we gotta have, we've got to do a better job putting the puck in the net when we get those opportunities. 
Well, and that's been a big theme lately for the Winnipeg Jets, making the most of these opportunities and scoring a little bit more. And it's not like it was an offensive explosion in these last couple of games. One against Calgary, two against Nashville. But Remus, you'd have to think that the dam is about to break on James Reimer. I mean, I was looking at the cool bet lines. I wanted to see what it would be for like the Jets to score four or five tonight. I won't do it because I don't want to mush them. But I really do get the feeling that tonight, if they play the way they did against Nashville, once they get one, they'll get a bunch. You have to think it's coming. You're looking at James Reimer's numbers against the Jets. He stopped 77 of 79 this year. That's a 975 save percentage, a one goals against average. I mean, the power play hasn't scored against San Jose. And you just look at his um, numbers this year. 893 save percentage, 337 goals against. That's like more than two goals. Um, two goals better GAA against the Jets than, you know, on the season as a whole. Again, the save percentage is just so much. It's crazy how well he's been, and we've watched it. He's made incredible saves. The Jets have had chances. And I like, I do kind of like Bonus's attitude. He's like, we've had chances. We need to score. They didn't have any chances really at all so you hope that it does happen and they play the way they played on saturday but i think if you are a jets fan maybe you're feeling a bit you know nervousness heading into tonight just because of what you've had to watch like if you, it's the first period and james reimer makes some highlight real save you're gonna be pulling pulling your hair of, out of all the goalie of all the goalies to be playing against the jets tonight in this final regular season home game that they have to have james reimer considering what's happened probably not one that inspires the most confidence in winnipeg fans but as i said if the team plays the way they have you have to think it's going to come by the way shout out to andre petrov who is in chat he's the one that's typing in cyrillic and uh, i believe that andre's asking when will nito niederreiter score um <laughs> Well, hopefully tonight. I actually thought he might score on uh, on Saturday against his former team, the Nashville Predators. But uh, we'll take a few tonight, and uh, hopefully we'll have some opportunities to see Nito Niederreiter score in the postseason if the Jets can get three points this week and lock down that final spot. Um, let's hear a little bit more from Bones. He talked about what he's looking for from his team to continue on from a very dominant performance Saturday against Nashville. Basically, there was an attitude. We had a great attitude going to that game. We were not going to be denied. And we played with the swagger for 60 minutes that we wanted to play with. Uh, there was a lot of one-on-one -on -one races for pucks. We won a lot of one-on-one -on -one battles. We won. We had guys one-on-two uh, -on -two winning those battles. So that's what the game comes down to this time of year. It's those races and, and getting there and winning most of those. And those battles on the boards, winning most of those. Uh, spending as little time in your zone as we, we can. I thought our breakouts were much better last game. And we created both a lot on the rush and, and on the forecheck. We, our puck management going through the neutral zone in that game was really, really strong. When there was gap D and we had nowhere to go, we put it in a place where we could go get it and get control of it again, which is the same as carrying it in. And when they gave us the blue line, we made some great plays on the rush. So hopefully we have that same puck management tonight. Uh, it was a good one from uh, from Bones, and they did. T you could kind of feel, could feel the attitude of the players and the way they continue to push forward, and especially the way they raise their level of game while still tied in the second period. Um, there was maybe some concern that potentially one of the Winnipeg Jets' top forwards might not be available tonight. That neither Nikolai Ehlers or Kyle Connor was seen skating this morning. Um, Bones was asked about that and their status for tonight. 
housekeeping, Nikolai and Kyle were just optional or it was an available? Optional. Yeah. Okay. They're good to go? Yeah. No, no question marks on those guys? No question Possibly. Right. Game time decision on one of them. Just, I mean, just going by. Don't the, even ask me who. Just going on the jerseys. <laughs> you had Axel Johnson for y'all being a, in a Navy jersey. And, yeah, well. And Coleman was in it. So I'm just. Yeah, no, not, we just, yeah, those two are taking the morning off. One of them is a game time decision. All right, so um, not what you want to hear in a game of such importance and magnitude, Reem, and um, both of those players were, um, you know, impactful, particularly Nikolai Ehlers. And, and I would say this, I think Ehlers more often than not, you know, will skip optionals and morning skates. So you'd have to think that potentially it could be Kyle Connor, but I'll say this, either of those guys missing out of the lineup for a team that's had such a hard time scoring against the San Jose Sharks and James, R- James Reimer would not be welcome news for the people that will be packing that building tonight. No, you want to see one of the or two of those guys in the lineup. You know what they bring to the Jets. And we'll have to wait and see if you're setting a fantasy lineup for tonight or doing some prop bets. You'll have to wait until uh, – warm-up check the warm-ups you'll have to wait um they got six o'clock start so 5 30 they step onto the ice and then we'll know scott billick speculated that it was axel well axel was wearing the regular jersey in, in the morning skate and carson coolman was in the scratch jersey axel did also stay on for extra work so maybe um you know maybe ehlers was the one who was questionable but it sounds like he's probably gonna play just based on What's Scott Billick trying to make an educated guess? I mean, this is what we're this is what we're doing here. We're oh, trying hey. to decipher what what color warm up jersey a player is hey, wearing. You think it. it's bad now? Just wait until next week if the team's lucky enough to qualify for the playoffs. I mean, uh, then the cone of silence gets tightened up even more. Um, but fingers crossed that Connor and Nikolai Ehlers will be out there tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, Neil Pionk has had uh, some real strong games as of late after struggling at times this season. Uh, Bones was asked about the season that Neil Pionk has had and how he has played as of late to really raise his game when his team needs it the most. It seems that Neil Pionk has gotten back to his game that we saw at the beginning of the year. You're probably not going to tell me, um, but if he was dealing, <laughs> you're going to ask anyway. I am going to ask anyways. Yeah, I mean, was he dealing with something through the year? Like it, it seemed like. There was a time, I don't know if that's a confidence dip or he was just playing through something, but what can you say about how how his season's gone? I I think, yeah, there was a time that he he was a little banged up and there was a time he wasn't playing well. So it's a little bit of both. You play 82 games, you're going to have those spells where you're not playing well. You're going to play, you're going to have those spells where you are playing a little banged up, right? So you give him full marks, but we don't score that first goal without him standing in the the crease. He just went in and he stayed there, so we don't get that one. Obviously, he got the second one's big goal, but that's 10 for him, but he's a big part of our offense and uh, and he really competed defensively to talk about box outs and everything you watch him battle in that game he was right on top of his game so yeah you play 82 games and you're not the biggest guy on the ice out there you're going to get banged up a little bit and again there were some times that when they won't kneel he's coachable so you know we're struggling a little bit here let's clean these things up and he and he, and he fixes it right away um, so he's not stubborn about those things he has a very honest appraisal of his game at that particular point all right, there's Rick Bonus on a, a resurgent Neil Pionk who had that massive goal to sort of ice it and give the Jets a bit of a cushion on Saturday night. couple more from Bones, and then we'll uh, welcome in Dave Poulin 
John Liu asked earlier today about, um, you know, game plan tonight and if they look to use similar tactics to score on Reimer that they did on one of the best in the league, UC Sorrow, Saturday night. Rick, your uh, process and execution against Soros on Saturday night, does that allow your club on offense to ride a little bit of a wave against a goal? Well, if Reimer plays against a guy who's been very tough against you this season? Yeah, well, again, that first goal, we, we did a great job getting in his eyes, and he's looking around for the puck. We've got to make sure, again, Reimer's, <laughs> I mean, he's been unreal against us, right? So we've got to make sure we do what we can to, to, to do that, get in his way, getting more traffic in front of him. That's what you can. I know it's hockey cliches today. You've got to take his eyes away but you do right when they're on fire like the, he is against us and they feel that good you got to make it as difficult for him as you can all right so there's bones on uh, the challenge of uh, solving james reimer who's just stood on his head literally against the jets in their two games earlier this season one more from bones about the situation tonight he was asked if they're feeling any extra pressure because of course calgary and nashville play each other after winnipeg and san jose one is getting two points, but with a win by the Jets, the Jets can turn that one into an elimination game tonight in Calgary. Yeah, I mean, again, we got to embrace the challenge. You can't be afraid of it. you got to grab it. We did, this is what we did last game. We weren't, we weren't afraid of that challenge ahead of us. And uh, the team that, if they beat us, they're ahead of us. Uh, so we, we like that approach. We played well enough against Calgary to get something out of that game. So these four games at home are crucial for us. Uh, and now it's game five tonight in this five-game homestand. We know what we need to do. And we know the importance of the game. And, and so does Calgary, so does Nashville. We all know where we are. And, but don't be afraid of that, right? Embrace it. Like that again, telling the players, like, these are games at the end of your career, five years after you retire, you look back. I was a big game and I was there for the team. Like, those are big moments for players as they move on in their careers. And when they look back and say, I was there for my teammates uh, at the most important time. And those are those are good things to have. So that's the approach we want to take tonight. Embrace it. All right. Embrace the challenge. Embrace the situation. And uh, I'll say this, I think the fans will continue to do that. It is Fan Appreciation Night. There'll be tons of great giveaways in the uh, building, including the jerseys off the back promo at the end of the end of the game. Um, but the fans have really brought it for all four of these games on the homestand, and I have a feeling that they'll be ready to go, even with the early start tonight at 6 p.m. down at Canada Life Centre. All right, Dave Poulin's coming up in just a second. Hey, folks, if you're looking... For great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. You gotta head on down to see our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market, seven Winnipeg locations, or online at myvita.ca. Have you had your healthy fats today? Yes, there is such a thing. Omega 3 fatty acids are beneficial for your skin, brain, joint, and heart health. That's where Health First, or Heart First, Health First Omega Supreme comes in. Get your healthy fats the easy way with this one-a-day soft gel. Health First Omega Supreme is on sale all month at Vita Health Fresh Market. If you can't make it down to any of the seven Vita Health stores, visit their website to buy online. Local delivery is now available. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. Well, what do you know? Spring seems to have shown up, folks. And Wallace and Wallace, Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialists are ready to get to work for you. If your property needs the security and protection of a new fence, or if winter's done a number on your old one, 
Give them a call. Vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood fences. They've got the right one for you. And if it's time to replace your garage door, Wallace & Wallace also has Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. Simply give them a shout at 452-2700. The Wallace team will arrange a time to come out and give you a free estimate. You can also visit them at wallacefences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. How's the wardrobe looking as we get into spring and summer, gang? Guys, if you need to up your menswear game heading into spring and summer, head down to F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at just 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. In a wedding party this summer, talk to them about suits for the entire wedding party. You'll get a 15% discount. And if you've got a 2023 high school grad in the fam, Hook them up with a free custom shirt and tie with the purchase of any new suit at F Apparel. Pop down and see them, 190 Smith Street downtown. Make an appointment online at F, that's E-P-H-Apparel.com for our friends at F Apparel. And hey, we're back into blizzard weather. Uh, Popped by Nick and Nicky's on the weekend and had a delicious blizzard and a stack burger as well. And uh, no better time right now to get the good vibes and the feeling of spring with the trip down to one of the four Nick and Nicky DQ locations. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Neverville. And if you've got a need for a DQ ice cream cake or blizzard cake, you can always hit them online at DQ Manitoba to get a custom order for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. All right, Mike McIntyre is going to join us in a bit to really tee up tonight's game and discuss this race for the final playoff spot in the NHL's Western Conference. Right now, though, let's get Dave Poulin's thoughts on the Jets, the Masters, and everything else happening as we get into the final week of the NHL regular season. Poulin, enjoy the weekend. How are you? Andrew had a great weekend. It was very golf-centric. Even the NHL doing the favor of taking Friday off and then amplifying Saturday and backing off on Sunday again when the golf and was omnipresent, but such a special tournament. Even though it looked like a gap at the end, you know, as we discussed, you, you're coming, like when they're making the turn, there's about eight or ten guys that you're thinking, you know what can happen in that back nine. See Jordan speak when he dumped it in on 12 that year and how fast things change. So my favorite tournament of the year by far, it's I know it, it's a lot of mainstreamers watch the Masters. It's not just golf fans. You know, everyone's involved in a pool of some sort, and it's just really fun to watch. John Rahm, what a champion he is. Um, and you know what I mean? When you think about it, Dave, he got the bad end of the of the draw by a lot. I mean, it was a major factor uh, in this Masters tournament. And he four-putted the first hole, and yet... One going away. Um, in a lot of ways, I think people got off the scent of Ron because he had that incredible start to the season. And recency bias, this is a perfect example of it. Wasn't great in the last couple of weeks, so all of a sudden everyone was going elsewhere. Um, he's the man right now when it comes to uh, the world of professional golf. You just realize how good those guys are to fighting through that when you think about it. And, you know, I'm an avid into the golfer, but three drops of rain, I'm talking. Like, I... That rain gets sideways, the temperature drops by 30 degrees. You couldn't have found me out there. And even the young kid, Sam Bennett, the second or third or whatever he is, because we call a bunch of Sam Bennett's, but he uh, he hung in pretty well for a young kid. 
He did. I thought he made a mistake the first day when they talked to him after, and he said his home course Ridgewood was harder. I don't know. I wasn't that one over to read well. Yeah, how'd that agree amongst was, the members? Was, no, it's not going over well at all. And, and all. then Yanni, he was fun. And then there was Phil. I mean, where the hell did that come from? I think still seeing the same thing. Where did that come from? Um, but then again, you know, the oldest person to win a major tournament was added again, or, or the oldest person to win the were to win the PGA. Correct. Jack would have been older winning the Masters. Am I correct about that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Jack was forty six. Forty six when he won. Six. Right, 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 right. And Joel was yeah. So Joel was the oldest major winner. Didn't see much of him on the two. Ooh, not at all. Quick funny story about Jack the year he won in 86. We were in the first round of the playoffs. And I always have mixed feelings about that tournament because, you know, I love Jack and and it was such a big win. But that Sunday, we were in New York, I think, to play game four and four out of five. And we were down two games to one. So the coach, Mike Keenan, decided to have player one-on-one meetings through the entire course of the day. And, you know, mine came, I was a captain, so mine came later, prime time on Masters. And it's like, here we go. And then he sits you on a sofa like three feet below him. So he made me jam the wire way up here, and you're way down there. Look, <laughs> look it up at him to show his superiority, of course. And all I could think about was Jackson in the Masters. Like, <laughs> That, uh, that that sounds like a Mike Keenan story if there uh, oh, if yes. there ever was one. Hey, just yes. uh, before we get into the game on Saturday night, you mentioned the schedule. Um, dark in the NHL on Friday, and what I believe just the Philly Boston game yesterday was that game yesterday, right? Colorado played last night. Oh, of course. Was that by design, um, or is that just sort of how it worked out this year? Because I mean, in the past, there had always been games on Good Friday. Always. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how that worked out. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, they might have played some afternoon games on Good Friday and use that advantage of the holiday. But um, Steve Hatsipetros is a scheduling guy. Next time I see him, I'll ask him. It's the first time in the history of the NHL that every TR, there's been 16 games, right, with 32 teams. So um, pretty cool. Pretty, obviously, you know, loaded up Saturday to go with. But at this time of year, you're almost champing at the bit on Friday. It's like, hey, it's hockey here. I know it's a good night for Netflix, but we're going to get some hockey going here. Oh, I'll tell you what, it was a great chance to uh, maybe get the spotlight on the women. Um, great game for uh, Team Canada. The World Women's Hockey Championships enjoyed that. Uh, but around these parts, it was all about 6 p.m. on Saturday night with the Jets playing for their playoff lives. And they came up with a performance that, frankly, if they'd had a few more of those over the past couple of months, we wouldn't be in the situation that the Jets are in right now, Dave. But... Uh, knew this was going to be a great goaltending battle. Soros and Hellebuck both played phenomenally for their clubs. But um, what did you think about the Jets, especially taking over that game the way they did in the second period? Very encouraging, no question about it. And that's the best of the Jets. And we've seen that, particularly a lot early in the year. I think this team could end up being better with me to ride being a big part of it. And... Connor Hellbuck is Connor Hellbuck. You know you've got one of the best goalies in the world. You know what he's capable of. He also, I loved, I mean, I played with some good goalies, but I loved when her goalie looked out the other end and said, I'm beating that guy. Like, that, that's cool to me. Girls do the best, clearly. I actually wrote an article on goalies in Sunday's paper, and it was about how few number ones there are. And, uh, and even playoff-bound teams 
believe in my top 10 teams in the league, there were only three of those top 10 teams who drafted and developed their goaltender, like Hellbuck and Sarum Sar. Of course, those two teams weren't plowed down teams as of Saturday night, uh, you know, locked in. And so when you see two guys like that go to battle, I think it's awesome. But to respond and find a way to win that game, goals were not coming easy. And that national team, you have to give them credit because they stripped it down before the trade deadline, brought some assets back. They're without a lot of big guns, and it simply doesn't matter. They're just playing. So, Dave, the Jets have three games left starting tonight against the Sharks. <clears throat> they got to get to 94 points. They've got two very difficult games after tonight, back-to-back on the road tomorrow against the Minnesota Wild, and then finishing it up against the Colorado Avalanche. And, of course, all of those teams are so tight, they very well will have a lot to play for as well. I mean, what do you make of the Jets situation coming into tonight, going up against James Reimer, who, of course, has been a big story around here for the way he has completely turned his season around only against the Winnipeg Jets? Well, he certainly has. I would expect nothing less than what we saw on Saturday night from the Jets. It's an opportunity. You ask to control your own. The worst thing in the world is when you're sitting watching someone else and wondering what's going to happen, hoping for something to happen, cheering for guys on another team. Forget all that. Go out and play. Control the game and put yourself in a great place. And it might not obviously even take you know, that the point total you talked about because they might get there through, you know, through giving some help. Don't rely on it. And obviously with Nashville playing Calgary tonight, you're going to have a little bit more of an answer after tonight, but don't even glance over there. Look after business tonight. And you still owe San Jose a little something, but more importantly, you owe yourselves the effort you had on Saturday. Uh, Dave, what did you think about the game on Wednesday um, where the Jets lost to the Calgary Flames? Flames coming off that miserable home loss to the Blackhawks where a lot of a lot of people had basically poured dirt on them. How, how, how did you see that from a Jets perspective, um, the way that it went? Obviously, not in their favor. Well, disappointing, clearly. You know, you're watching it and you had your opportunities. You had a chance to, to do what you had to do and you didn't take advantage of it. You can't. You're playing, no matter where you are in the standings, no matter if you're in the playoffs, or in the playoffs, whatever, you're playing desperate teams right now for a bunch of different reasons. And they knew that coming in. Like, so San Jose's playing desperate teams right in Winnipeg. They know that, and they're going to respond to it. That's why it's so hard to win at this time of year. But you knew doubly the back-to-back, Calgary coming off in every reason, and that's all about Markstrom, right? Like, that's... That's a guy dialing it up, and you know that he's that caliber of goaltender. He's capable of dialing it up. You just can't let it be against you. Well, one of the things, I mean, from my perspective in the building was, I mean, the Jets, I mean, were skating at a whole nother level than the Calgary Flames for the first period, maybe the first half of the game. But Markstrom kept them in, and the fact that they weren't able to expand, I, I really do think that if that game got to 2 nothing, Calgary was done. But it did. And, of course, it got to 1-1, and then... All of a sudden, the team realizes, hold on a second, guys, we are in this. Um, that being said, they lost. They, they battled back to get the point, which was crucial, but only got one against the Vancouver Canucks. Um, what are your thoughts on this matchup tonight between Calgary and Nashville as it pertains to these three teams trying to lock down that final eight spot? Well, as crazy as it is, ideal for them would be a tie, right? And somebody winning it over time. 
to keep everybody involved. If you're Calgary and Nashville, um, you know, I mean, that, that would be a, a bad situation for Winnipeg if you let both teams remain in. But once again, it's about looking after your own stuff. And and who's more of a threat, Calgary and Nashville? Let them worry about that. Let them work that out. It's not up to you to, to try and figure that out. So you worried about San Jose last night, or tonight rather, and then, and then go from there. Dave Pullen's with us, uh, breaking down the uh, latest on the Jets and the National Hockey League. This Western Conference, I mean, this final week is going to be wild. And I think many people following the Jets, looking at those final two games, thought that while well, Minnesota and Colorado, both in the playoffs, they could very well be resting guys at the end. It really doesn't seem like that, Dave, with, you know, just one point, or sorry, two points between Colorado and Dallas, another two in the Minnesota Wild, and they'll all having three games remaining. Um it kind of seems like in the central division, it'll come right down to the final day. And, you know, as well as with Vegas and Edmonton battling for top spot in the conference and in the Pacific. I mean, we really probably won't know matchups until Friday. Well, there was so much talk coming out, of, you know, I don't know, six weeks or eight weeks ago about, you know, maybe it was the All-Star break when that topic came up. Well, it should be one versus eight. Everybody knows who everybody's playing. The only, the only matchup that was sent back then is still the only matchup sent to me, and that's Toronto and Tampa. And and a lot of that talk was coming out of Toronto because they didn't want to play Tampa. <laughs> and, and, you know, to, to your point, you know, we've got five days now left in this season, and there's one matchup set in the National Hockey League. And, and still, you know, in the Metro, for instance, Carolina can end up in first or third. I mean, so... That's where it gets magnified on on the teams they're playing and how hard it is at this time of year to even look at the schedule and decide because we're playing blank, it's going to be an easier game. Simply, absolutely not the case. And the NHL loves it because with two or three games to go, uh, there's a lot to be decided. Well, I, I want to ask you about the Bruins who are sort of in a class of their own. But before we do that, let's talk about the race for the wild card in the East right now. Florida and the Islanders, 90 points with two games remaining. Pittsburgh, one game back. Pittsburgh seemingly has easier games, but they don't have the advantage of controlling their own destiny right now. I mean, what do you make of that uh, three-horse race for two spots? Once again, when you talk about easier games, so what does that mean right now? You know, you're playing a team that's loosey-goosey and wants to ruin your party or... You know, I mean, that's all that all factors in. I thought, and I've gone back on this a long way now, I thought that one of Pittsburgh or the Islanders was coming out and one of Florida or blank, blank, blank. And at the time, maybe Ottawa, maybe Detroit, maybe Buffalo were going to impose their way in. Florida, I can't even speak to what Matthew Kachuk has done down there. When, when you know, so I'm working one game and keeping an eye on other games, for instance, you know, Thursday night whenever in Montreal and and you look down and Florida's telling them their go-ahead goal assisted by Matthew Kachuk. Their go-ahead goal scored by Matthew Kachuk every night. And he's basically put them on his shoulders and said, you're coming with me. I'm not giving you a choice. And what he's done through this last arguably month, maybe since his dad called his team out, I'm not sure if my dad called my team out, by the way. Made, made it uncomfortable around the costing machine a little bit for Matthew, but not that Matthew cares about that. But, uh, you know, it, it's going to be, it looks like Pittsburgh has a little bit of an easier road to go, but 
you've got Sorokin if you're the Islanders, and and if you're Florida, you've got all the momentum. Well, Florida's got the Leafs tonight, and I mean, I, this should be. I mean, listen, if I wasn't going to be at this game between the uh, Jets and Sharks, I'd probably be trying to tune into that one because right. I, I'm fascinated that with this Florida team. I mean, the ups and downs that they've had. I mean, some big wins, some really bad losses, and yet here they are able to control their own destiny. But what do what we expect? Goalie, wait a second. Well, what about their goalie, <laughs> Lion, Alex Lyon? Like, there's you know a thirty year old journeyman goalie wearing flashbacks and a Hamburglar here. You know, Ottawa was Andrew Hammond, but it's even more remarkable to think you know if you were telling me okay, this is on the shoulder of Spencer Knight who was the upstart, or it's on the shoulders of Sergei Bobrovsky, who's got two Vesnas in his resume. I'd say, okay, if you're telling me it's on the shoulders of Alex Lyon, I'd say, yeah, it's probably not going to work out really well for them. Again, it is. And just another great story for them in terms of, you know, it's, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out with Alex Lyon, because he, he's doing it every night. Well, what, um, I mean, what do you expect from the Leafs right now? I mean, they know who they're playing. They're Got their tickets on sale. It'll be game one downtown Toronto in uh, in a week or so. Yeah, it's a little strange right now, Andrew, with the whole goalie situation. With so they used a piece of the CBA to use an amateur tryout offer to play their backup goalie. You know, a, a college kid on Saturday night, and even through the course of the day, when they asked the coach. There's only one goalie dressed at the morning skate. Well, we still think Matt Murray might be able to back up. We're waiting official word as he stated yet. No, he hasn't. So it was like, okay, Murray's not playing. And then this was all about clearing the cap space for Matthew Nally as the young kid at the University of Minnesota. And but to me, that was a roll of the dice on Saturday night. It was a roll of the dice in that Samsonov looked like he tweaked something partway through the second period. Now, all I could think about was, is he staying in because he doesn't want to put the other kid in the position of having to go in? Because it wasn't an NHL goal. And he was a 24-year-old college goal. And so that was the danger there. Not the fact that, you know, that they'd done it, but the fact that if Samsonov made a personal decision to stay in because he didn't want the team to play in front of a kid like that. So they won the roll of the dice, I guess. I guess Samson's healthy, but if I had only one goalie right now, which is all I have, healthy, going to the playoffs, man, oh, man, there's a risk factor to that that would make me nervous. Um, they're going to plug Nisey. I don't know if it'll be tonight against Florida, but, you know, th- this kid, I think, has a chance to be a really good player. And they're going to plug him in an absolute position to succeed. They're going to plug him in on one of the top two lines. You're going to get to go in and play with either Matthews, Barner, or Tavares, or some combination of those guys. Or in a worst-case scenario, he'd have to play with Ryan O'Reilly, which wouldn't be bad either. But he's a big kid. He's, he's 6'3", 210 pounds. He can fly. He's got talent. He hasn't played a game in the National Hockey League yet. He hasn't played a pro game, for that matter. But he's coming in at the top of his own game, having just come off the National Championship game on Saturday. And he's sky high right now. So it'll be just to see when we work him in. It'll be either tonight or or against. So tonight it's Florida. Tomorrow night it's Tampa. Um, so it'll be one of those two. And then Thursday against the Rangers. They have that option as well. 
Um, Dave, uh, you mentioned the uh, the kid in the ATO going into the game. Uh, I was trying to, uh, you know, we often joke about the code in the uh, book of unwritten rules. I saw some people bent out of shape about that. Some, I mean, from a from a guy that's played as long as you, is that a is that an insult to the other team? Is that something that is a uh, it is a no no amongst the veterans of the league, or is that just a few people making a big deal out of nothing? If I'm on the other team, I'm annoyed, but I'm annoyed at my own team that, that we're down 7-1 in the game and that they have the opportunity to put the kid in the net. Um, just from a competitive standpoint, that's what that's what I'm mad about. I'm a man, I'm mad about the situation that we're not, you know, competing better at the game. And I'm a competitive guy, whatever I do, how you know, that's where it strikes me. From a standpoint of putting a man, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was kind of a weird answer by Sheldon Keith if you saw right after the game and they, they asked about it. He said, Yeah, and that wasn't my decision. That came in from up above. And they said, Well, who up above? And he said, I'm not sure. So <laughs> it's not the coach putting him in there. And it's always an interesting answer. And he wasn't he was not taking responsibility for putting your kid on an ATO into an NHL game. Dave, um, the Boston Bruins have been the standard in the National Hockey League all year long. They come into tonight's action 63, 12, and 5. I mean, if anything, I thought that this team, because of the injuries in the first half of the season, might be taking a little bit of a step back this year. Could not have been more wrong with that. How have they done it, and who can beat this team come playoff time? It's been a perfect storm for them, Andrew, and I think everybody expects them to take a step back. The uncertainty about Bergeron even coming back. Krejci coming back after a year abroad. The U.S.J. standards of David Posternak, how would he handle that? The injuries to Marshawn and Jeremy McAvoy, significant players who at the start appeared that they were going to miss more time than they did. All of them, that's five or six significant factors right there. All of them have worked out perfectly. That every factor asked about, every player, the Eric Oliver, Paul Zaka trade has worked out perfectly. Every single thing that Don Sweeney's done, to the point of Bergeron and Grinchy playing for much less in market value. I mean, you have to factor that in because then you can afford other guys. And then the trade deadline works out well for them. They had Hathaway, who's a well pain to play against, and Orlov. Um, it, it just just all turns out well. And then, oh, by the way, right at the end, we'll grab Tyler Bertuzzi just in case Taylor Hall's not ready. Now, Taylor Hall's ready. And you know, when they call somebody up right now, they play like world beaters with whoever's at the lineup because picture those kids coming up from Providence. They're like, okay, I've got to be the first call up because if, if there's an injury during the playoffs, I, I want to be the guy that goes in. So they in turn play their best game, you know, of the year. As crazy as that is. Um, two goalies, not one. Two very capable goalies. And when Swainman goes in, he looks like he's trying to upseat all American every game he plays in. But there was an incident. Um, so I was in Montreal, I think a week and a half ago, maybe I lose a little bit of track of time, two weeks ago with Montreal into Boston. First period, uh, Rand Pidlick hits Bergeron a little bit late, called interference. Not only do they immediately go after him, they go after him for the next 54 minutes. Every time that kid touched the puck, he was contested. What it told me was... Boston's not backing down on anything at any time. Like they were taking issue with the fact that their captain got knocked down through the entire game. 
And it wasn't one guy. It was six different guys, seven different guys, eight different guys. That showed me something that that's a mentality amongst that team. Now, let me reverse the tables here and say, is there more pressure on them than there's been on any other team? They're the record-setting team, not for this season, forever, potentially. And anything shy of a Stanley Cup win could be deemed a failure. Does that create an inordinate amount of pressure? If it does, I think it's a team that can handle it. Today, I, one of the most underrated traits in the game, Hampus Lindholm last year at the trade deadline. Just, you know, plugging him into the line. Of, I mean, you've got just a plethora of options in how to play the game because of the quality you have to play with. At the same time, huge pressure because wipe the slate clean and nothing better than Falcon off the king. Well, it's amazing because I mean, we've talked all season long how deep the East is and how difficult it's going to be to get through, but it's pretty hard to imagine um, the Boston Bruins not being that team, although as we know, winning the President's Trophy guarantees nothing once you drop the puck on the second season. Dave, just before we go, uh, I did want to ask you one more quick one on the Jets. Obviously, there was a big move with Mark Scheifele moving to the wing, playing with Dubois and Kyle Connor. This has sort of been the case of the last four games or so. Um, what have you thought about that move and um, what that's done, along with kind of allowing Nikolai Ehlers to really sort of drive that line with Nemestikov and Wheeler? It has. Nemestikov, let's start there because the trade deadline day, Mike Johnson said, this is a tremendous pickup. And there's so much going on that day. It clearly maybe reflect on me with the same magnitude that it did him. And but MJ called it up and said, that this is a really sneaky good pickup for Winnipeg. That's proved to be more than the case. Um, Ehlers has risen now to the level that everyone knows that he can play. I love moving Shikes into the wing and putting them together. I, I just did. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. If so those were two of the guys, that, all, well, all three of them, maybe Connor to a little bit less degree, that you're really disappointed in their production, put them together. I love it. You know, when, when I think about a defenseman, I want my defenseman with a really good defenseman to free him up. I don't want one and six playing together. And so this way, you're, you're loading up your big guns and you say, go do it and do it together. And I'd still like to see more shot creation. I was, you know, for a team... With that many offensive skills to be 20th in the league in shots is a choice more than a reality. They're choosing not to shoot. And I think you've got to shoot the puck more and create from that. It means you've got to go get it again if it doesn't go in. Then puck retrieval becomes a factor. But you saw that against Nashville. I mean, they almost doubled them up at shots, I believe. You know, there's that much more in terms of what they had. So a lot of positives. I, I like the fact. You said, you threw them out and said, you know what, put them together. Well, Pooley, we'll see what happens tonight and over the course of the rest of this week. Fingers crossed we're able to talk to you about the Jets being in the playoffs, but one way or the other, cannot wait for the tournament to get going and that can't wait for your next visit on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great one, Dave, and thanks for doing this. You as well, Andrew. Thank you. All right, great stuff with our guy, Dave Poulin. Always appreciate Dave coming on the program, and I can't wait to have Dave join us as well in the Stanley Cup playoffs. All right, we're going to get back to really focusing exclusively on the Jets with Mike McIntyre coming up. But 
Coming up later on this week, I am going to be coming to you from Toronto. Um, <clears throat> the Old Maple Leaf Gardens is going to be the site of the Princess Auto Players Championship, one of the final two events for uh, the World Curling Tour. Uh, hopefully we catch up with uh, Matt Dunstone, Jennifer Jones, uh, Reed Carruthers and the like. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. Still be keeping a very close eye on these uh, the evenings with the Winnipeg Jets because uh, the job has not yet been completed yet. Princess Auto, proud sponsor of the curling tour, as well as Team Jones and Team Carruthers, Team Mike McEwen. It's also the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. And pop by and see them at either Panit Road or Portage Avenue locations. Or you can shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. The gang at Consolidated Supply is ready for spring. They are, of course, working tirelessly with golf courses around the province on irrigation, artificial turf needs, as well as golf carts, as they're the exclusive club cart dealer in town. If you do have the need for a golf cart for the summer, maybe it's for your lot out at the cottage, um, or maybe it's for some sort of work purposes, talk to them about both new and used golf cart options over at Consolidated Supply. But coming up on April 20th, that's next week, 10 days from now, big grand opening of their showroom. They haven't been able to do this for the last couple of years because of COVID. They're doing it on April 20th, 2 p.m. to 8 p.m., Going to have food trucks, refreshments, some prizes. You'll get a chance to see everything they've got there, including spas, hot tubs, and beautiful outdoor kitchen options for you coming up this summer. Um, so again, $13.95, Niagara Road East. You can pop down and meet our pals Joe and Spicy and Gene for the big grand opening of the showroom at $13.95, Niagara Road East. You can also check them out, Consolidated Supply, online at cte.ca. Royal Sports is Manitoba's number one sports superstore. You know that, featuring the biggest and best selection of licensed team gear with your Winnipeg Blue Bombers, your Winnipeg Jets, the National Hockey League, NFL, tons of new Jays and MLB gear just in time for the start of the season. <clears throat> but it's so much more than just being the best-looking fan around if you're looking to dominate spring and summer, spring stock is arriving daily with soccer, baseball, softball, tennis equipment, and more, and a huge selection of bikes as well. You really have to get into Royal Sports to see it, to believe it. 750 Pemina Highway, and follow them on Instagram as well at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And hey, if you're not making it to the game tonight, Maybe a couple happy hour schooners over at Boston Pizza in the game with some friends would be a nice way to spend a Monday evening. Boston Pizza is always the place to watch the big game if you're not in the building. Big game, big screen, big sound, and ice-cold schooners, world-famous BP wings and gourmet pizzas, and the latest from the BP feature menu. Staying in, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, let's uh, welcome in Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press, ahead of Game 41 of the home portion of the regular season. Mike, what's up? How was your weekend? Uh, it was it was great. Good to see the snow start to melt. Uh, of course, was able to glue myself to the TV a bit, watch some Masters action. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, 
Got to watch my Blue Jays play. It was a great sports weekend, uh, Huss, and uh, nice to to get outside and, well, we can't smell the roses just yet, but the flowers should be blooming pretty soon if this keeps up. And I'm excited. Like, I think we're going to have golf courses open potentially in this city in a couple weeks. Uh, and who would have thought that after all that snow we got last Wednesday? Uh, it's melting fast, and I'm looking forward to uh, be, being able to hit the links here sooner rather than later. Well, I, like many people, have been kind of glued to the Weather Network and Environment Canada's forecasts of how warm it's going to get. And it does look like we're going to be in double digits through most of this week. Yeah. So hopefully I can get back from T.O. on the weekend and uh, see most of the snow gone. And I'm not sure that might be a bit aggressive to be golfing in a couple of weeks, but we'll take it. Hey, in a couple of weeks, maybe by then Patrick Cantley will be finished his round oh. at Augusta. That was like, painful. Four, what was it? Four hours and 50 minutes, 5-0 for a twosome? Um, yeah, that, that something's got to give there. They they have a pitch clock in baseball, Huss, and it's uh, it's actually been really effective. Maybe they need a putt clock in, uh, in golf for guys like Cantley because, uh, yeah, and I mean, it just creates gridlock on the golf course. If he was doing that on a, on a municipal track here in Winnipeg, yeah, there'd be some... Going- There'd be some message sending happening from the groups behind them, no doubt about that. Either they'd be playing through or they'd be hitting right up onto them. There'd be a lot of guys just uh, letting her rip at uh, Kildonan on a Saturday afternoon if uh, that was sort of going on. Obviously, John Rom was awesome. I mean, there's a lot of great storylines, amazing golf. Nothing looks better on television than Augusta. So it was nice. And you know what was great about it, Mike? It gave Winnipeg Jet fans time to get away from Wednesday's loss focus on the Masters for a couple days, and then get ready for Saturday night, which um, certainly the fans, once again, if they've, as they've done throughout this homestand, came and really, I think, brought the energy early on in the game. And the Jets, to their credit, unlike the game on Wednesday against Calgary, continued to battle every single shift for the puck. Uh, uh, that second period was as dominant as I can remember from this hockey team for a long, long time. And yet still, it was a very tight game. But Connor Hellebuck was not going to be denied. And um, the Winnipeg Jets got another one in the third period from Neil Pionk. And that was the cushion they didn't get against Calgary. They got against Nashville. Um, that has to be, I mean, first and foremost, they had to have the two points. They had to win. They really needed to do it in regulation. They got that done, but as we heard from Rick Bonus, that is the way uh, they would like to continue playing. It's something they can build on against a team that they have not had a lot of puck luck against so far this season. Yeah, maybe third time will indeed be the charm against the San Jose Sharks. The Jets better hope it is. Um, for some reason, James Reimer is he's well below average against uh, 30 other opponents, yeah. but when when he plays the Jets, he's uh, he's Vesna-esque. We'll see if uh, if he can keep that up tonight. But I, I would agree, Huss. I mean, if the Jets bring the game that they brought against the Predators, um, you know, their luck is bound to change. And, and let's face it, that was a 2-0 game that wasn't nearly that close. The score flattered the visitors for sure. I think the Jets hit what, four posts in the game. Saros made a number of, of you know, incredible saves as well. That could have been, uh, I forget which player it was after the game, said that that could have been a blowout, and, and he's right. And the second period, my goodness, that was shades of of 2017-18 when the Jets were, you know, right there with the Predators. 
uh, ironically, for the president's trophy. And we would see that in stretches from the Jets where they would just completely take over games. They would kind of assert their, their dominance, their will, if you will, against their opponent. We haven't seen that a whole lot from the Jets this year. Certainly not in the last few weeks, but um, it became infectious. And you're right, the crowd was tremendous. I mean, even before the game, Huss, that was probably the loudest and longest sustained, you know, go Jets, go chant prior to the anthem. It brought back, you know, memories of what it used to be like. And that more or less has disappeared in the last few years. Uh, But it was back and, you know, the Jets seemed to feast on that. And, you know, in addition to getting the two points, obviously that's the most important thing. There are a few takeaways for me from that game. Number one, Nikolai Ehlers was dominant. He was all over the ice. I thought that was his best game since he's been back from his uh, his sports hernia. And how about Neil Pionk? You know, the resurgence in a way kind of continues for a guy that we've all dumped on at various points this year. Uh, let's face it, Neil Pionk has struggled mightily this season uh, but he's been he's been very good the last couple of weeks. And I thought his game the other day, you know, there he is going to the net, kind of creating chaos on the Mark Shifley uh, opening goal. And then, of course, he gets the big second goal early in the third, which, you know, if there was any hope that the Predators had of kind of coming back in that game, I think Pionk's goal kind of put that to bed. Well, it certainly did, and that's what the Jets were looking for against Calgary, um, you know, in the first half of that game. And, you know, it's so funny how games can it can flip like that, Mike. But, I mean, I think back to the three-on-one that the Winnipeg Jets had. Um, that I don't even recall if it ended up getting a shot on goal. No. All of a sudden, it came back the other way. Brilliant execution from the Calgary Flames and Mangiapane putting that one in. And, you know, all of a sudden at 1-1 for a game that the Jets were skating at just another level than the Flames were in the first bit, all of a sudden it became that slog and um, Calgary made the most of their opportunities, which brings us to tonight's game. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, many of us uh, hit the uh, closest watering hole to uh, post up and watch the end of the Vancouver-Calgary game and Sure would have been nice that the Canucks could have hold on to win that one in regulation from a Jets perspective. They did get the two points. Calgary only got one, which allows for a very interesting week coming up. I mean, yeah. we'll get to what's happening above the Winnipeg Jets with the Wild and the Avalanche, who they will see a little later on or what their situation is. But for tonight's game, Mike, if the Jets can beat the San Jose Sharks, that game following tonight's 6 p.m. start in Calgary becomes an elimination game where the loser is out. It's like uh, it's like the old uh, territorial wrestling days. Us, the, it's a loser leaves town match. Literally, <laughs> I love it. Um, but you're right, and and you know, had the Canucks really done the Jets a favor the other night and and won in regulation, there would have been a clinching scenario for the Jets tonight. That no longer exists, but the Jets can reduce their magic number down to one. With a win tonight and and the two points, their their magic number, if you will, in terms of points is three. So if they get two tonight, it's down to one. And one of their two pursuers, as you point out, would be eliminated. So whoever would have that that one, which I guess for them would be their tragic number, as opposed to the magic number, uh, Calgary and Nashville will duke it out to see who's still left standing. I dare say, Huss, and 
we don't want to get ahead of ourselves here and assume the Jets win. But if they were to win, I imagine the Jets and probably the fans will be cheering for the Predators because um, it, it would be a more difficult path for the Predators than it would be for the Flames. For starters, the Predators have two games remaining after this, not one, like Calgary. And they play Minnesota and Colorado as well, just as the Jets do. And so if, if Nashville were the team still standing after tonight, again, assuming the Jets were to beat the Sharks, Nashville would have to win both games against the, the, the Wild and the Avalanche. And the Jets would have to lose both as well to those same two teams and do it in regulation. So that would sort of be, if you will, four opportunities to clinch. Either the Predators don't get a win in one of their two games or the Jets get at least a point in one of their two. If it's the Flames left standing, they just got to beat the Sharks on Wednesday and hope that both the Wild and the Avalanche can take care of the Jets in regulation. And as you mentioned about the teams above, uh, it's possible that the Wild um, and especially the Avalanche could very much have something to play for and they would be motivated as well. Now, it's interesting, Huss. I don't know if you saw this. The Wild are actually resting a bunch of their players for their game tonight. It, it almost seems like they're conceding that they're going to finish third in the Central. Um, and so it does make you wonder what kind of lineup the Jets might see tomorrow night in, in St. Paul. Well, that's interesting because uh, I was just talking about the lock shop about how uh, Minnesota should probably try and do everything they can to win this game. And again, it is against Chicago, so that's not a team that's trying to win anything right. anyways right now. But, I mean, let's just look at this division because, I mean, it's pretty clear. The Winnipeg Jets need to get to 94 points, and if they do that, they are in the playoffs. They can get to 93 with this win tonight. But when you look over in the central division, the two teams that the Jets and the Preds will be playing the rest of the way, they've all played 79 games. So there's three games left for all three of these teams. The Avalanche, with their five-game win streak, have basically got to where we all expected them to be at some point. That's first right. place. They've got 104. Two points up on Dallas at 102, who are two points up on the Minnesota Wild at 100. And... I think Dallas and Minnesota would be more than happy to finish in the 2-3 spot and play each other as opposed to playing the Colorado Avalanche. But what's fascinating, we've got a Kings game later on tonight. Yeah. The Seattle Kraken <laughs> have uh, have all of a sudden won four in a row. They're two points back of the Kings who've lost three in a row. And the Kings potentially could move out of that divisional spot into a wild card spot, at which point they'd most likely play the Colorado Avalanche. So even the teams that are still in the playoffs, Mike, especially the teams that Winnipeg and Nashville will be playing later on this week, have a lot to play for right now. And um, I'm not sure that anything is going to be given or taken for granted, even by the teams that already have the X beside their name. Well, and and let me throw this out, Huss. If I'm, if I'm Seattle and L.A., I think I'd actually rather be in the wild card one position and go through the central division than I would to be in third and have to go through the Pacific. And the reason I say that, if you look back to basically the all-star break, two of the best teams in the NHL, in fact, I think the best team, maybe other than Boston, has been the Edmonton Oilers and Vegas is right behind them. 
And I don't know if you saw the development today, but Mark Stone, what a shock. Uh, that's Mark oh, he Stone. He's, he's all of a sudden hitting the ice. LTIR is almost ready to, uh, to end. And uh, so, I mean, it, it, you know, he's, he had his back surgery and he's back on the ice today in a non-contact. But could he be ready to go in a week or so from now to start the playoffs? Certainly seems to be trending that way, and that will get the conspiracy theorists uh, out uh, the tinfoil hat crowd. Uh, shades of Nikita Kucherov and uh, and what Tampa Bay. I don't know if you need a tinfoil hat for this. I mean, this was this was as telegraphed a move as we've yeah. seen the NHL in a long, long time. And hey, it has all worked out. The, the thing is, though, I mean, yeah, both those teams have been good, but. Would you really rather play the Colorado Avalanche in the first round? I mean, the way they've been in the there second half of the season. The uh, oh, there's Mark feeling great <laughs> back on the ice. Don't worry, everyone. Though it's a non-contact jersey, right? Non-contact for the next little bit until probably about next Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, until his cap hit doesn't count, then he'll rip it off Hulk Hogan style. He'll just <laughs> he'll just tear it off. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I agree, Huss, except for one one fairly major development, which is, is Kale McCarr going to be healthy to start the playoffs? Um, now, Vegas, or sorry, Colorado is still a very, very dangerous team without Kale McCarr. Uh, but I actually watched a good chunk of their game last night in Anaheim, where the, the Ducks you know, scored four goals again. And they actually had a 4-2 lead at one point in the third before some penalty trouble uh, came back to bite them. And the Avs ultimately win that one in overtime. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's it may be damned if you do, damned if you don't. But, you know, what do you think you have the better chance of getting through Colorado without Makar and then one of Dallas or Minnesota versus having to, say, run through the gauntlet that might be Vegas and or Edmonton in some order because the Oilers actually could still overtake the Golden Knights for top spot. And I dare say that's not out of the realm of possibility. Vegas, uh, their two games left this week are both against Seattle and uh, the Oilers. They have to play the Avalanche tomorrow, but then they get the Sharks to close out the year. And Edmonton owns the tiebreak. So if Edmonton were to go 2-0 and and Vegas goes 1-1, one and one, well, it's the Oilers, not the Golden Knights. And this is, of course, of interest if you're a Jets fan, because if the Jets were to get in the playoffs, they're playing the number one seed in the West. And as we sit here today, there's still four teams that that could possibly be Vegas, Edmonton, Colorado and Dallas with a very remote chance. But I, I think it's going to be one of Vegas or Edmonton uh, if the Jets were to get in. And so that'll be another thing to keep an eye on as as this all important week plays out. Well, listen, I mean, I, I fully admit to being superstitious. The Jets have been on the suspended list. I will not touch them on a wager at any point <laughs> until they get to the playoffs. But allow me to ask this question for a minute. Um, and again, they've got a lot of work to do. But is there an advantageous matchup for the Jets between Edmonton and Vegas? The one thing I will tell you is the Jets will have a big advantage in net over either of those two teams. They will. Uh, now, maybe Vegas will play four goaltenders in a game because in addition to Mark Stone being back today, 
Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill were both on the ice. And, oh, yeah, they already have Jonathan Quick and, and old friend LB, Lauren Brassois. Maybe they'll play a different goalie every game in the series, Huss. Huh. They, they well, that, that would be good. It probably means that they're not winning very much. And uh, <laughs> the, well, the wild card two team would be in a pretty good spot if we see that scenario happen. For sure. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, if, if you're into kind of revenge being a dish best served cold, uh, if the Jets were to play Edmonton in the first round, no doubt the Oilers will be looking for some payback from the uh, from the bubble, if you will, from the All-Canadian series a couple of years ago where the Jets got the brooms out and upset the Oilers. And if you're, if it's Vegas, well, the Jets might want to avenge 2018 and the most disappointing West final loss. So, you know, th th there'd be good storylines either way, right? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think probably Vegas would be the team that maybe you'd hope that you'd match up against and... Uh, and maybe Connor Hellebuck, uh, as you say, the Jets would have a significant upgrade. And what Vegas doesn't have, they have a lot of great players. They don't have arguably the two best players in the world, certainly number one in Connor McDavid and then um, Leon Dreisaitl. And I think the Oilers are a lot deeper than they've ever been, You know, whether it's Evander Kane, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's having the quietest 100-plus point season maybe ever. Even a guy like Nick Bugstad has really added a nice element there. And Matthias Ekholm on the back end is, has kind of cleaned up their own end. I think Vegas, if I had to pick a team, is the one you'd maybe want to go through. Uh, but, you know, regardless, it's not going to be easy. And for the Jets, uh, you can't really worry. Beggars can't be choosers, right? You just got to worry about getting in at this point. Yeah, first things first, beat the San Jose Sharks tonight. I will say yeah. this, if it's Edmonton... Um, the Jets do have Connor McDavid's kryptonite back, and that is Neil Pionk, who's looking more like the Neil Pionk that has played well in the past, not the one that struggled so much earlier this season. Huge goal on Saturday night to um, give the Jets that cushion. Rick Bonus talked about Pionk's play as of late in contrast to the struggles that he had earlier this year, Mike. He did, yeah. And, you know, again, Neil Pionk has said when we've asked him at various points this year whether he was battling an injury, uh, that he's healthy, that he was healthy. I, I, I don't know about that. I, I strongly suspect that, you know, he hasn't been 100%. Is he 100% now? I don't know. But it, he certainly looks like he's moving better. His decision-making has been better. And, and the Jets have benefited from, you know, a, an improved Neil Pionk for sure. Um, you know, along with contributions from a number of other sources right now as well. And, you know, I put Nikola Ehlers again, I mentioned him earlier. I thought his game the other day, like he was the best skater on the, on the ice. And every time he was out there, he looked extremely dangerous. If the Jets can get that Nikola Ehlers, you know, tonight and certainly for the next two games and then into the playoffs, uh, that adds another element to the Jets that they maybe haven't had at least consistently this season. Uh, um, what um, what did you make of uh, Rick Bonus's sort of coy answers to uh, Billick and Ken about the availability of Ehlers and Kyle Connor, who were both missing from the morning skate today? Yeah, it's a curious development for sure because um, the team had the day off yesterday, so you wouldn't necessarily expect anybody to not skate today after a full day off. 
Uh, but again, they do have three now coming up in four and, you know, arguably three uh, or potentially three extremely important games. We know tonight's and tomorrow's are going to be important for sure. Whether Thursday remains important depends on what happens over these next two. Uh, but so maybe they're just pacing themselves. And again, maybe maybe they are battling something that they don't want to then risk it in a, in a morning skate. But Obviously, if the Jets were to be without one or I don't think both would be an option, but uh, it sounds like there is a question mark. Um, so whether a guy like Axel Janssen Fialbi, who wasn't in kind of the scratch jerseys today, whether he draws in, we're going to have to wait to see till game time. But, but certainly some intrigue, um, you know, the Jets would obviously miss either of those players tonight. Uh, they'll really miss those players, though, if it's anything beyond a one-night absence um, because the quality of competition certainly picks up for these last two games after after the Sharks tonight. Well, well, no doubt about it. And, I mean, as far as tonight goes, uh, let's just have a scenario that Kyle Connor is a game-time decision and doesn't go. And, again, I, I don't even know if that's the player, but, you know, certainly Ehlers has kind of taken more morning skates off and right. looked great on Saturday night. Um, if Connor was not able to go, do they move Ehlers up to that line? Or, I, I, I mean, my personal opinion, I'd probably keep Ehlers playing with Nemetsnikov and Wheeler. And if anything, maybe that's an opportunity for Nito Niederreiter to move up to that spot or even Morgan Barron and have Morgan Barron into the Niederreiter spot if Niederreiter was the one that moved up into Connor's hole. Yeah, I, I would do that. I would agree with you. I'd keep Ehlers and Nemestigov together. And if anything, Huss, maybe you play them even more tonight then if you're missing a Kyle Connor. Like, I think Nikolai Ehlers' ice time continues to kind of be a storyline here. And look, Rick Bonus isn't, you know, if, if he felt that playing Nikolai Ehlers more would, would help the team, I think he'd be doing it. Certainly some curious deployment, but I wonder if, again, part of this is related to his injury that he had and the feeling that in, that less is still more in a way with Nikolai Ehlers right now. Now, if he's moving like he was the other night, certainly that would tell you this is a player who can handle more than maybe what he's been getting. Um, but you want Nikolai Ehlers, you know, because he's such a weapon when he's going. Uh, you want him to be at his best. Um, so for sure, I, I, I think you'd keep him where he is. Niederreiter would be the guy that goes up back into the top six. Morgan Barron then takes his spot with Appleton and Lowry, and you know what that line can do. And then a guy like Axel would come in on the fourth line or whoever you configure that fourth line. Uh, so that that's what I expect. Um, but again, we'll, we'll see. You know, Kyle, Kyle Connor for quite a while has not looked like the Kyle Connor we expect, right? And so is part of that injury-related? Is he battling something that we don't know about? Um, perhaps. And we may get our answer tonight if if he, in fact, is the guy that isn't going. Well, I, I think we can also safely say that this team is going to need Kyle Connor this week and hopefully next week, right. meaning that they're, excuse me, still playing. Um, what can you say about Connor Hellebuck? I, I thought that he probably deserved a better fate in the game on Wednesday, but it might get a matchup with two of the best goaltenders in the league. That was the sort of um, will that you see from the backbone of this hockey club that he simply was not going to be beaten. And his teammates did a great job, especially in the second. 
making him the Maytag repairman there, the uh, the chairman of the board. But they did generate 28 shots. They put 15 on in the third period and somewhat of a desperate attempt to get back into the game. But um, that's exactly what it, if you're looking for a real positive from the Winnipeg Jets over the course of this entire homestand, Connor Hellebuck doing it night after night after night is exactly what this team wins and, and what they need. And there should be some real incentive to get this win tonight and get a point tomorrow. Right. And maybe give the guy a night off before the playoffs start. That would be the the goal, the dream scenario for sure, because he's played, I believe tonight will be his 12th straight start, and we expect tomorrow will be his 13th straight start. Um, and he's played more minutes, faced more rubber than any goalie in the league. Uh, but the good news is, Haas, as you point out, like he's not looking like a guy who's running on fumes. Part of that, the, the Jets' schedule has been very favorable here. They've had, you know, multiple two-day breaks. Uh, Connor Hellebuck is managing his workload even when they do skate. You know, he's not skating at times or he's just going out with Wade Flaherty. So I think Connor Hellebuck has been able to to make sure that when the puck drops for real, uh, he's he's ready to go. And, uh, you know, the Jets, that gives them an edge really over any opponent, uh, regardless of where they are in the standings or what the significance of a game is. When you have Connor Hellebuck at his best, uh, you have something that pretty much the, the other 31 teams in the league wish they had. And uh, we're seeing Connor Hellebuck really rise to the occasion here. And uh, certainly the Jets are going to need him you know, at least in in two more games this week, tonight, and then uh, tomorrow. And as you say, if they could uh, get out of Dodge here with with three points at least, well, that's all they need between tonight and tomorrow. If they get their three points, they've taken care of business. Connor Hellebuck could put his feet up for that finale and get ready for round one. Yeah, and uh, you know, and as I said, you know, we were kind of talking about the scenario if Nashville is the winner tonight. I think it's probably more likely that the Calgary Flames yeah. managed to stay alive and. They're going to have these same sharks coming in to uh, the Saddle Dome on Wednesday. And, um, I mean, you have to assume that your opponents are going to win their games. And I think it's easier to make that assumption of Calgary than it is of Nashville. Um, and that's going to put the ball in the Winnipeg Jets court tomorrow to get it done sure. if they can win tonight. Um, because if not, that that Calgary Sharks game is Wednesday. And then it'll be game 82 on the road against the Stanley Cup champs if um, they're not able to get the result they need over the course of the next 48 hours. Imagine what that game could look like, though, Huss, if the Jets go into Colorado on Thursday and they need a point to save the season. Um, what kind of game would they play? Like, would they just stack all five skaters right off the opening draw in Connor Hellebuck's crease and build build a human wall uh, and, and just play for the 0-0 tie? Like, could you do that? Uh, it would be unconventional. I will say <laughs> that. Um, <laughs> you maybe want to call guys up because if guys are just getting slap shots pounded at them for 60 minutes, I'm not sure how ready they'd be for the playoffs. But in all seriousness, it, it, it does create a very fascinating another potential scenario, Mike, where... You know, the Avalanche may or may not need the win to secure a home ice and first place in the Central Division. It's not an easy place to win at the best of times. Um, right. And then obviously yeah. the Winnipeg Jets doing everything. And, you know, I know there's no time to look back and see the point here and point there that was left on the table. 
it is a very simple, simple scenario right now for the Winnipeg Jets. They got to get to 94. Right. And, and so don't worry about what the other teams are doing. If you win tonight, you know, one of your two closest pursuers, their season is ending tonight uh, based on who loses in that Calgary Nashville game. But then again, don't, don't anticipate whether it's the Preds or the Flames dropping one of their final two or one, depending on who it is, just go out and take care of business, get your point or two if you can. And, and then you've done the job, right? You've, you've earned your way in um, as maybe unconventional as it's been with the Jets, given where they were and where they are now. Uh, but it certainly sets up a very, very juicy final, I guess, five days potentially. You know, there's also a scenario, Huss, where this comes down to Friday uh, in, uh, in Nashville, right? Like if, if Nashville were to win tonight, and then if it if the Jets don't do what they need to do, and then it creates a scenario where it's if the Predators need to win on Friday against Colorado in order to to pass. Is that the a Jets, makeup like, game? That's the makeup game. Yeah, that's oh, so. It seems strange that that game was kind of after everything, but obviously that wasn't the way it was intended. No, so I mean it's possible, unlikely I'd say, but possible that this actually drags out all the way till late Friday evening um, where you're waiting to see number one, if they get in. And I mean, again, maybe even if they do get in who they play, if Colorado's still had a chance to overtake Vegas or Edmonton on that final night, like there's just so many possibilities here, but the easiest route for the jets go out, take care of business tonight, then go do it again tomorrow in St. Paul and you can let everybody else kind of worry about their scenarios. You've done the job. Hey, Mike, last one. I know you got to run, but, I, I, you know, we've talked a lot about Ehlers and the, the top line and Hellebuck. Um, how impressed have you been with Adam Lowry? Saturday, oh. over the past two weeks, really over the last month, I think back to the last Nashville game that they, you know, he had that big goal. Um, for all the, the, the struggles that he had through that 30-plus game goal-scoring drought, uh, he really has been the guy that, for my money, has been setting the tone and setting the pace. And my God, his line had one of the best games I can remember against Nashville. Yeah, in a lot of ways, Haas Adam Lowry has just become the heartbeat of this team, right? He's the he's kind of at the epicenter of of when things go well, Adam Lowry, and whether or not he he did it on the score sheet, like where you could look and say, oh yeah, he had a tangible impact. Rarely is there a game that goes well for the Jets where Adam Lowry hasn't done something or multiple things to contribute. And yeah, whether it's, it's you know, a, a great defensive play, uh, work on the PK, the Jets penalty kill has, has really been solid again as of late. It's been solid all year. Um, you know, big hit, um, just whatever. Like the, the guy's finding ways to contribute. And it's been impressive for sure. There's really nobody on this team that plays with, with more line mates than Adam Lowry. It seems like it's always a revolving cast of characters due to injuries and guys getting moved up or down. Uh, but one thing about Adam Lowry is he's so consistent and you know what you're getting with him. You're always going to get an honest, honest night's work. And uh, you know, him, him also wearing a letter this year, like this really has been a season where Adam Lowry has just taken a real step in his career. It's been impressive to see. Yeah, I mean, when you think about leadership in this hockey club, you think about those two guys, Josh Morrissey and Adam Lowry at the top sure. of the list. And 
you know, both of them have really stepped up when their teams have needed them. And I imagine they'll both be central figures this week for the Jets as they try and close down and lock in on that eighth playoff spot. Mike, thanks for doing this. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll look forward to uh, everything you and the Free Press team has in the Freep over the next few days. And hopefully um, we can start talking about a matchup uh, in 48 hours or so if the Jets can uh, take care of business and book that spot to the playoffs. Well, I'll, if there's if there's a playoff series, I'll be on the road for it next week. So uh, we'll see if I'm talking to you next week, Huss, from Vegas or Edmonton or Denver or Dallas. And if I'm talking to you from Winnipeg next week, uh, well, we'll have a lot to talk about because things will have not gone well this week. I'm hoping you'll be on the road, to say the least. Uh, Mike, thanks for doing this, man. We'll talk to you soon. You bet. Enjoy the week. All right. There is good stuff. There is Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, all right. We, uh, we're going to get uh, Remo back in here in a second. Got to give a shout out to our friends at Little Brown Jug. Uh, if you have not yet tried the new generic lager, you got to check it out. It's just launched. Uh, we had a great number of people try it at the Sports Trivia Night a couple weeks back. Generic lager is your basic lager, just better. Impressively standard in the best way. Light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and crisp finish. Now Manitoba can support local with having to move away from the domestic taste they've come to expect with a light beer. It's available in eight packs or by the can through the Little Brown Jug tap room or through vendors. And uh, eight packs in liquor marts and will be available by single cans starting in June. Uh, again, congratulations to our, two, our co-winners of the WST Masters Contest, B.A. Split, and Dr. Drades, who somehow had the exact same six golfers. So uh, we'll figure out a way to split the prize up. Um, but congratulations to them. Big thanks to Eric and TaylorMade for uh, helping us out with the prizing. And, of course, Corey over at Breezy Bend with those four rounds with cart. Um, valued about uh, 350 bucks. Really, really nice of them. Uh, Corey and Breezy, very, very pleased to see this snow melting and we're going to be out in the course sooner than later at breezy bend one of manitoba's top private clubs with a championship course top-notch practice facilities and the best 19th hole around on their beautiful course side patio great men's ladies and junior programs an awesome social scene breezy's the perfect long-term golfing home for you and your family find out more at breezybend.ca or call our pal Corey johnson for more information about becoming a member and uh, you're going to get into some uh, lines in the water this year, folks. Cannot wait to get fishing at Aikens Lake later on this summer. It is a perfect getaway for Manitoba businesses. Only a few hours from Winnipeg travels quick and easy. Reward your top customers or organize a very unique team-building experience. Um, Manitobans, well, people from all around the world love sending their customers and clients to Aikens. Um, be great for some Manitobans maybe to check that out too, supporting local and keeping our money here in the province. Um, most of the guests, not hardcore fishermen, rather people who enjoy the outdoors and love the easy way that the guides can put you on the big ones or teach novices how to fish. Take that one for me personally. And by the way, any university students out there looking for an incredible summer job to spend the summer in paradise fire a resume into pit at akinslake.com still looking to round out the 2023 team that akins and looking for both guides and servers 
for the upcoming summer months. Uh, find out more online, by the way, about Aikens Lake at akinslake.ca. All right, let's get Remo back in here. Um, fun conversation with Mike and great stuff with Dave. So many permutations and combinations available, Reem. But the bottom line, when it comes tonight, drop the puck at 6 p.m., get a win against the San Jose Sharks and worry about everything after you take care of business. Yeah, Bobby B was right saying, you know, sometimes at the end I have a topic I want to go and all people in the chat have been calling it the Remus rant. I said, I have no rant for today. My only rant is the Jets need to win tonight. They need to get the two points. Uh, you can't lose to the Sharks three times this season. I don't want to see James Reimer making highlight reel saves again and again. They got to come out like they did on Saturday and just put up, you know, a little one thing that'll make you feel good about losing these other two games of the Sharks is they put up six goals like they did last weekend against Detroit and New Jersey. And showed it to Cody Magnuson on Twitter who looked through moneypuck.com. He said, if the Jets win, um, what's, what's, basically, I think basically he's saying that money puck's probability is saying Nashville, uh, Nashville, if they win, their probability of making the playoffs is still pretty low. So I think we are cheering for Nashville. I agree with Mike. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, I need, I needed to know that going into tonight's game, who am I going to cheer for? So I may set my DraftKings lineup accordingly. Yeah. I, I mean, here, here's the way, uh, here's the way it looks. I mean, if, if Calgary wins tonight, um, they've got a game at home against the San Jose Sharks. Will there be, which they'll be a very heavy favorite in, uh, and they win that they get to 94 points. Winnipeg Jets need to get to 94 points. They win any tiebreaker against Nashville or Calgary. And obviously, if Calgary gets to 94, then the Predators will have left a point at minimum on the table tonight and won't have that opportunity to get there. So it's pretty simple for the Winnipeg Jets. Win your game tonight and then see what happens in the game between Calgary and Nashville. And I think Mike did a pretty good job of laying that out. It just gives you, it's like a poker game. It gives you another out. Um, and I think we have to realize that, you know, both Winnipeg and Nashville playing the same teams, albeit Nashville at home, Jets on the road. Um, I would say it's unlikely that the Preds run the table against Minnesota and Colorado, but it's highly likely that Calgary will get a win against the San Jose Sharks. So um, anyways, there'll be some more scoreboard watching. It's kind of been funny how, you know, at least three of these Winnipeg Jet home games, uh, the games last weekend, and then a game, uh, uh, sorry, two weekends ago, the Detroit and um, uh, Jersey game, and then the game as well on Saturday night, kind of finish up at the rink and then sit down in front of a television and watch the Flames go at it. The timing of these games, especially for a playoff race, I think has been uh, pretty good for Jet fans. Although, as we mentioned off the top, uh, looked pretty good there after two with the Canucks up 2 nothing against the Calgary Flames. But... Because they came back and got the single point in overtime, it meant that tonight is not a clinching situation for the Winnipeg Jets, regardless of what happens in Calgary. Calgary, like so many times, um, you know, I know they did lose to Chicago, but sometimes like, oh, they're losing to Anaheim. Anaheim's going to upset them, and they come back and win. Uh, Vancouver last weekend, um, you know, they're losing, and Calgary comes back. And I think there's another one against Vancouver that Vancouver, there's two against Vancouver. So Calgary... I mean, they've done a great job hanging on. They beat the Jets as well. What a great story it would be if they can, you know, on the last day, get into the playoffs. And what a horrible story it would be here. And we do not want to see that happen. The worst collapse 
in NHL history, being first place in January to missing the playoffs. Oh my God. I don't want to talk about that. I want no. to talk about, um, you know, the great fans at uh, Canada Life Center. I want to talk about playoff gatherings, whiteout parties. Um, like, we, we can't have this missed playoff talk again. Get in. Like, we're not expecting the world to get in, but you never know what can happen. Anything can happen. So at least get in here at this point. You do not want to have this collapse hanging over this team for the entire no, no, summer. No, for sure. As I said. We don't yeah. want it. No, and we and we won't be talking about it, fingers crossed, uh, but that means they got to win tonight. You know, speaking of, let's put a very optimistic um, topic on the table. And we'll do a little why not question of the day for the gang over at Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery. Um, but from a Jets fan perspective, if the Jets can get it done and are in the playoffs, do you have a preference for the first round opponent between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers? Let's just assume for a minute that the Pacific, one of those two Pacific teams will be on top of the conference. I mean, I certainly do love the storylines about a little revenge for 2018 Remo and upsetting the Vegas Golden Knights after they were able to do the same to the Winnipeg Jets in 2018. And I mean, the Edmonton Oilers, the way they're playing right now, I think scare the hell out of a lot of people. I mean, the Jets do have that sweep that we'll always remember with no fans a couple years back. Um, but for me, I would actually love to see a Winnipeg Vegas series, if at all possible, especially with Mark Stone coming back. You don't know how far he's going to be. And, Maybe the biggest reason, who knows who's going to be playing in goal for the Vegas Golden Knights. They've got a lot of options, but no options even close to as good as our guy, Connor Hellebuck. Um, I'm going to say if I had to pick a team, I would pick Vegas to go up against the Jets. Jets fans want revenge. Um, their goalie situation, questionable. You do not want to play against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And 100-point man, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I don't know. I don't think Vegas has, like, that scary of a player. Like, I, every time McDavid gets the puck, you're all, I don't think I, you could handle watching that. You'd, like, think he's going to score every single time. So Vegas for the revenge, the rivalry, and uh, they don't have Connor McDavid. So I would want to play against Vegas. Although I see a lot of people in chats, you know, with goaltending questions about Edmonton too. But I think Stuart Skinner is pretty good. And we have seen rookie goalies. Um, like Cam Ward, a lead, you know, to a Stanley Cup uh, with Jordan Bennington as well. Uh, it's happened. I think he's looked pretty good, and you know they can outscore any team. So like, who cares who they have in goal? Right? <laughs> I you know it, it may have it may go down that way. Um, great opportunity, but a whole new level of pressure for a guy that's never been there before. All right, we're gonna get to the cool bet lines and Remo clip this if you want it. We have to give a big shout-out to a lock shopper and Winnipeg Sports Talk listener that dropped maybe the best parlay I have seen in years. Uh, to be honest, it's almost too good to be true, but it, in fact, is true. Shout-out to our guy, Slobo, who fired this at me last night. A crazy 12-leg parlay, including seven puck line picks, on Saturday night where there were 16 games. He had the Sabres to beat the Hurricanes on money line. They, I think, were an underdog. He had the Wild money line. He had the Bruins money line. The Leafs to win by two. 
Jets to win by two, Islanders to win by two, Stars money line, Kraken puck line to win by two, over five in the Ducks Coyotes game, Penguins to win by two, Oilers to win by two, and Rangers to win by two. Every single one of those 12 games came in, and our guy Slobo won $5,008 off a $3 bet. That finished up at over 1700 to one, Remo. And uh, I told Slobo he was going to get some love on the lock shop in WST today because uh, there's a lot of us that are cool bettors. We like every now and then throwing a dart or a wild parlay. The Gitch would often drop those big ones in. I have never seen anything as cool as this. And the Stones to have seven puck line picks, too. And it all came together. Well done from Winnipeg Sports Talk and the Lock Shop Slobo for one of the best tickets I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, you always try to do those, like, fun bets on a Saturday when there's so many games. And you say, yeah, I'll bet three, and you, know, you put it in. Like, I've never hit that many. Uh, oh, wait, no, I... I actually have had a hit similar, a close, but I mean, this is a pretty insane. Three dollars to five thousand, seventeen. What? Sorry, seventeen plus seventeen hundred. Yeah, more than that. More. I mean, that's absolutely absurd. Um, well done. Oh, here it is. Yeah, plus. Sorry, has it's actually plus hundred sixty six thousand. Uh, so. <laughs> so uh, I think you mean seventeen hundred to uh, to one. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Exactly. That's what I was getting at. Or sixteen sixty seven. But uh, either. I mean, who gives? Who cares? I mean, three dollars into five grand. Yes. One yes. game at a time. Twelve game. Dusty and I've already said the next time we get a massive slate of games, we are almost. We almost have to make a twelve gamer to see For if fun. we can do this again. Um, well, it's a perfect little uh, little uh, segue into uh, the lines for tonight over at CoolBet.com. Congratulations again to Slobo. Let's see what we've got here. Dallas at Detroit. Stars minus 183 faves. Huge game tonight, Reem, between the Leafs and the Panthers. The Panthers and Islanders are one point up on Pittsburgh. All teams have two games left, but Pittsburgh is finishing, I believe, with Chicago and the Columbus Blue Jackets. So it is incumbent on the Panthers to get this done tonight. They're a one minus one thirty nine favorite at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who uh, have a couple games and then know that they'll be hosting the Tampa Bay Lightning in game number one of the first round of the playoffs. What do you think about uh, about the Panthers in this spot? That's not an easy team, and the Leafs sure look good beating the hell out of the Habs on the weekend. The Leafs have been hot. Um, maybe they're finding their stride after we dumped all over them for screwing up their team chemistry, like overhauling the bottom half of their roster at the deadline. Um, I don't know. Can you trust the, I know you talked about with Dave, like, can you trust the Panthers goaltending here going in? I know they've given up a lot of goals. They're playing great here in the second half. Everyone's healthy. Um, I'll go with the Leafs as an underdog. I think it seems like a good play. I always like to check money puck too. What money puck says. For their projections what what do they say i mean obviously i'd imagine they're probably a favorite yeah. if, the, if the panthers are a minus 139 favorite for this yeah game. they have it a similar like they have panthers at 56 percent to win and have leafs at 43.6 uh, so i'll round up to 44 so i don't know it seems I, I feel like that's a good bet though leafs as an underdog i know they're on the road but you think there's going to be a lot of yeah. toronto <clears throat> fans it might even be like a home game <laughs> we'll see 
Uh, Matthew Kachuk, as we talked with Pooley, has just been putting the team on his yes. back, though. Have a feeling they get it done tonight. Um, it's Buffalo at New York. Rangers minus 192 faves. Carolina minus 177 favorites on the road in Ottawa. The Islanders, this is the game that I will be on tonight. Islanders money line in Washington against the Capitals at minus 164 to hold on to their spot. And then, of course, the game right here in the peg. This is going more and more in the Jets' favor right now. Winnipeg, a minus 314 favorite. San Jose, plus 225. I was very nervous to see the Jets a big favorite on Saturday, but they got it done, and uh, hopefully history repeats itself tonight from Saturday, and the Jets winning is a big favorite as opposed to those earlier games against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, Minnesota is in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. Minnesota, minus 225 favorites. And then this game between Nashville and Calgary. Calgary, a minus 200 favorite. Predators, plus 168 on the road. Basically the exact number that the Predators were when they were here in Winnipeg on Saturday night. Kraken Coyotes. No surprise, the Kraken, a big favorite, minus 230. And the Canucks at the LA Kings. Kings need to snap out of it with a win and maintain their spot in third place ahead of the Kraken. Kings, minus 182 tonight. And just quickly, let's check out, heading into the playoffs, the Bruins now, plus 350 to win the Cup. The Colorado Avalanche, still the number two team on the odds board, ahead of Vegas, ahead of Edmonton. But Edmonton's right there behind him at plus 725. So there you're uh, aligns today from Cool Bet. We've got a big slate of baseball tonight as well. Tomorrow is the NBA playoff game, uh, NBA play-in games. And I should see, do we have a number on the Western Hockey League? Because the one other thing that I think people are going to be paying close attention to, Reem, is this game seven between Regina and Saskatoon. And uh, I guess a big part of that is we're going to find out what the story is for potential opponents for the Winnipeg Ice. Uh, here's this. The Ice are going to be playing either the Regina Pats or the Moose Jaw Warriors. If the Pats win, then it will be Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats coming to Winnipeg for the second round. If the Blades win, then the Ice are going to take on the Moose Jaw Warriors. So Friday and Saturday are the games. Limited tickets are left for game one of game two. Get on over to the ICE website and book your tickets in. And I'd suggest maybe doing it before tonight's game because I can tell you that if Connor Bedard's Regina Pats win, there will be a ton of hype. Not that there shouldn't be around the best team in the Western Hockey League looking to continue on in the playoffs, but I think we all know it could be a special treat to see Bedard in what will hopefully be his last games in junior hockey, assuming the ice can move on to the third round. Yeah, that'll be fascinating. So we're keeping an eye. I don't see any lines uh, for the WHL on Cool Bet right now. Maybe they'll add them. Oh, I got it. I got it here. Oh, Regina plus 181. And the Saskatoon oh, here Blades are minus 250. Yeah, I was just, there were so I typed many things in, going um, on this toward the end. Yeah, I typed in WHL. I should have typed in Western Hockey League or Regina. But yeah, it's on there. There you go. So uh, actually, if you want to put a little sprinkle on Bedard. It's oh, a plus. As an underdog. As sure. an underdog. Why not? They did win the first two games there. And that's come down a little bit. I think I bet that earlier. Yeah, it was plus 214. So I think there's a lot of people thinking, how could you not go with Bedard in a game seven? And uh, 
be that much better if we get to see that team coming up to play against the uh, against the the uh, the ice. Don't forget promo code WST if you haven't played a cool bet before. Coolbet.com. Use the promo code WST for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. Um, six o'clock game tonight, Remo. Fan appreciation night. I think the building's going to be rocking, and hopefully the home team sends everybody home happy, not just the people that get one of the 26 jerseys off the backs of the Winnipeg Jets. Yes, I um, I love fan appreciation. Last game of the year. Hopefully not sorry, last regular season game. Hopefully yes. not the last game. So not chance to say goodbye, but hopefully not for too long. But I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. We know the implications. It's basically a playoff game. So I think this is exciting uh, You know, for tonight, uh, counting down until 6. Just a couple other Jets notes. I know we have to go. Uh, Sam Gagne was the Masterton nominee uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. I was thinking, like, who would that be? I was thinking Morrissey, but I think he was last year. Um, Gagne was my other selection. And Masterton, Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy honors the player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. And he's out with an injury, but I did see on his Instagram reel that he has been rehabbing his hip injury. So he is not done yet. Uh, we will see uh, what happens with him. But he was great in the first half of the season with the Jets and then ended up being a healthy scratch and, you know, sh- shut down with the uh, hip surgery. Well, and Colt... Yeah, sorry, go oh, ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's funny you mentioned <clears throat> perseverance and dedication because mm-hmm. there's no one that's had more perseverance and dedication lately than Hellebuck, who's playing every damn night for the yes. Winnipeg Jets right True. now until they figure out what's up. But great uh, nomination from uh, Gagne, who, of course, played his 1,000th game earlier this year. Yeah, and then Cole Perfetti skated with the team in a red non-contact jersey on the weekend. I don't know. Sounds like he's not back anytime soon, but the fact that he is skating uh, with the team after not for so long, uh, positive sign. So we'll wait and see. And we're, already, we're getting a lot of questions. How's like, where would he even slot in? On this on this roster, um, if they were in the playoffs, so you'd have to find a spot for him, maybe on on the fourth line. But they seem to like the grinder fourth line, so uh, that'll be a problem that they can figure out uh, as we go on. Yeah, uh, it, it is a great question. I don't think that there's a spot right now in you know unless someone gets hurt in the top six. I mean, especially with Shifley on the wing, um, you know they need Nemetsnikov at center. Um, and listen, Nito Niederreiter right now in a position playing with uh, Lowry and Appleton's great. And, you know, you've got Morgan Barron, who I think is ready to move up. So uh, I, I know they won't be rushing him back. Um, but let's just say, let's hope we get to a point where we're talking about is Cole Perfetti ready to go and where is he going to fit in? Because that'll mean, A, he's healthy. And two, the Winnipeg Jets are still playing hockey right now. But it all starts with a win tonight for fan appreciation game at 6 o'clock. We are going to get out right now. Sometimes we go a little late on Mondays, but with the 6 o'clock game, we got to get this podcast up so people can listen to on their drive to the game. Get there early, folks. I know the prizes I heard Paul saying are going to start off in warm-up right now. And again, uh, there'll be plenty of fans leaving with a game-worn jersey off the back of the Winnipeg Jets coming up tonight. Hopefully, though, everyone's leaving with a smile that the Jets, with the win, are one point away from clinching a spot in the Stanley Cup playoffs. That is going to do it for us. Uh, Shout out to everyone that's been here. Hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk. And before you go, YouTubers, do us a favor and hit that thumbs up. Helps us spread the channel. Thanks to Dave Poulin. Thanks to Mike McIntyre. And, of course, Michael Remus. Uh, I hope to join Michael tomorrow 
from Toronto, flying out early in the morning. Um, we'll be all over tomorrow's Jets wild matchup, win or lose tonight. And um, I believe Jeff Hamilton's going to pop on. Hopefully we'll have Jesse Pierce get a little latest on the Central Division and the Wild as well. Um, if you're at the game tonight, say hi. Six o'clock start. Get there early. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, discussing it all and talk about a potential clinching situation tomorrow for the Winnipeg Jets in game number 81. But in the meantime, enjoy the game tonight. Of course, Flames and Predators on after Jets Sharks. So a lot of hockey watching, some scoreboard watching as well. And we'll break it all down tomorrow right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Enjoy the game and have a great night. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.